welcome to the new normal of truthsight tv i am nilanth ilangamuva on november 3rd of this year voters of united states of america are going to vote for the presidential election who is going to win the elections well many pre polls and predictions are occupying the media out of them one man who earned the credibility for predicting the winner of the presidential elections since the early 80s his predictions were never wrong in 1981 he and his intellectual partner late professor vladimir kelis borok published a phenomenal paper in which they have introduced a scientific formula to predict the winner of one of the most important democratic elections in the world my guest today is alan j lichman he is a professor of history at american university he received his phd from harvard university in 1973 with a specialty in modern american history and quantitative methods He became an assistant professor of history at American University in 1973 and a full professor in 1980. He has been an expert witness in more than 75 civil and voting rights cases. He is joining by me from his home in Washington DC. Welcome to the show. Professor Alan Lichman, welcome to the new normal of Truthside TV. Thank you. First of all, I want to know about your your friendship with the uh, late Professor Vladimir Kelisoborok and he is a seismologist and you are a, a historian. Two different subjects. Tell me about how do you both become friends and produce one of the phenomenal paper which uh, which uh, which has which is playing a major role in US political history you know i'd love to tell you that through brilliant foresight i planned this extraordinary collaboration but were i to tell you that to quote the late not so great richard nixon that would be wrong our collaboration came about by accident and was really the idea of kailas flora In 1981, we were both distinguished visiting scholars at the California Institute of Technology in Pasadena. And of course, I'm a US historian from American University in Washington DC. Right. Kailas Borak was the world's leading authority in earthquake prediction, the head of the Institute of Pattern Recognition and Earthquake Prediction in Moscow. Yeah. And he said to me, we are going to collaborate and of course being brilliant and foresightful i said no or not you know earthquakes may be a big deal here in southern california i have to go back to washington dc nobody cares about earthquakes there and he says oh no i don't want to collaborate on earthquakes i already solved that you know right 
said, get this. In 1963, he was a member of the Soviet scientific delegation that came to Washington under President John F. Kennedy and negotiated the most important treaty in the history of the world, the nuclear test ban treaty that kept us from poisoning our atmosphere, our oceans, and our soil. And he said, in Washington, I fell in love with elections, and I always wanted to use the methods of earthquake prediction to predict elections. But he said, look, I live in the Soviet Union. Elections? Forget it. It's supreme leader or off with your head. But you're an expert in American politics and the American presidency. So I went along and we became the odd couple of political research. And the key to our collaboration was reconceptualizing American presidential elections in geophysical terms. Remember, this is 1981, not as Jimmy Carter versus Ronald Reagan, Republicans versus Democrats, liberals versus conservatives, but as stability, the White House party keeps the White House and earthquake, the White House party is turned out. And using that insight and my idea that presidential elections are essentially votes up or down on the strength and performance of the party holding the White House, that all the tricks and turns of the campaign don't matter. We looked at every election from 1860 to 1980 mm -hmm. and came up with our 13 keys to the White House, which do look at the big picture of presidential strength and performance, and our decision rule that if the White House party loses six or more keys, they are predicted to suffer an earthquake and be turned out of office. Professor Vladimir is no longer with us. Is there any, any memorable events that uh, you both uh, attend or you, you can recall today? I went to Moscow several times to work with uh, Kailas Borak. I spoke at the uh, World Disarmament Conference, I think it was in 1986, just when uh, President Mikhail Gorbachev had taken over. And Kailas Borak got me invited to a small reception with the new Rush, uh, Soviet leader, Gorbachev. And I heard him speak, and I met him, and I was blown away because I was used to the old gray men of the Kremlin, you know, these dour, uh, very serious, frightening kind of men. And here was this young, hip guy who, you know, could make it even, you know, in American politics and who was speaking persuasively about a new era in the Soviet Union, in which they would open up the politics for the first time, in which they would introduce economic reforms. So there I was, because of Kailas Borat, at the very edge of the great reformation of the Soviet Union undertaken by Mikhail Gorbachev. That, of course, paved the way to the end of the Cold War and the end of the Soviet Empire. In your paper, the, the published in 1981, you have uh, the, the published 12 keys, but now you have 13 keys. How do you improve this? Minor modification. We looked back at our data, same methods, and realized 13 keys were better. And in all our predictions, 
And our first prediction was in April 1982, we predicted Ronald Reagan's reelection during what was then the worst recession since the Great Depression. In all of our predictions, we used 13 keys and six keys and you're out. And then later, you have introduced this popular, the, bit, the difference between popular votes and the electoral votes. Just tell us about the difference between the, these uh, popular votes and uh, electoral votes. How does it play the role in your formula, the prediction formula? That's a very important question. When I de developed the keys with Kyla Sporak in 1981, we really weren't worried about a divergence between the popular vote and the electoral college vote. You had to go all the way back to the 19th century, to 1888, to find that. And it was by a very narrow margin, less than 1%. And this was no issue until 2000, when we correctly predicted Al Gore would win the popular vote. But the election was then stolen in the Electoral College in Florida, which George W. Bush won by 537 votes out of 6 million votes cast. As I proved in my 2001 paper presented to the United States Commission on Civil Rights, very distinguished commission, uh, that election was stolen. Tens of thousands of extra African-American votes were discarded. If the full votes had been counted and the full intention of the voters were assessed, Al Gore would have won that election going away by tens of thousands of votes. So we got the wrong president in 2000. This divergence did not become an issue in 2004 when I predicted a clear Bush victory for his reelection. No Republican was going to win the popular vote and lose the Electoral College. And it wasn't an issue in 2008 or 2012 when the keys overwhelmingly pointed to Barack Obama. But it became a big issue in 2016 for two reasons. Number one, back in 2012, the reason Al Gore won the popular vote was the Democrats were able to pile up a net advantage of about 1.7 million votes in two states, New York and California. By the time we were approaching the 2016 election, based on 2012, that had ballooned to nearly 5 million extra votes. So in any close election, the Democrats were going to win. Secondly, 2016 was a knife-edge call for me exactly six keys out against the incumbent Democrats, just enough to predict their defeat, and a couple of keys, very difficult calls. So there was no point in predicting the popular vote. In my Washington Post interview, where I predicted Donald Trump's win in September 2016, I just predicted the winner. And in my 2020 prediction, I'm just predicting the winner. Right. And recently you have predicted for the forthcoming uh, the presidential elections where you said the President Trump will lose. Yes, I'll explain. In late 2019, Trump was looking pretty good. Hadn't made a final prediction yet, but he was down four keys. Remember on my 13 key system, the incumbent White House party has to be down six of the 13 keys. But then in 2020, America gets hit with the pandemic and with the cries for racial and social justice following the killing of the unarmed black man, George Floyd. Well, I have here over my shoulder in my study, a note written on the copy of the Washington Post where I predicted Trump's win in 2016. And it says, Professor, congrats, good call. And in big Sharpie letters signed Donald J. Trump. Well, he acknowledged my prediction of his win 
but he didn't understand the meaning of the keys, which is that everything changes. When you're the sitting president, when you're the incumbent, you are judged on your record. It's governing, not campaigning that counts for the incumbent. So instead of substantively dealing with these challenges, Trump reverted to his 2016 game plan when he was a challenger and thought he could talk his way out of them. Didn't work, of course. The result was he dropped three additional keys. The short-term economic key, because the pandemic pushed us into an election year recession. The long-term economic key, because the pandemic resulted in such sharply overall negative growth. And of course, the social unrest key, because what was raging across the land. So Trump goes from four keys down and not yet a predicted loss to seven keys down, one key more than is necessary to predict his defeat. Never in the history of the United States has any party holding the White House suffered such a sudden and dramatic reversal of fortune in just a matter of a few months. But in the same time, President Trump said that he has accomplished a lot better than the, any president in the U.S. history. Yes, of course, every president says that. But the beauty of the keys is they don't depend on presidential rhetoric. They don't turn on presidential talking points. There is a recession. No matter what Donald Trump says about it, he loses that key. Real uh, gross domestic growth has gone down sharply. No matter what Donald Trump says about it, he loses that key. There is social unrest raging across the land, no matter what Donald Trump may say about it. You know, the hardest thing in being a forecaster, not knowing history or where you got no history, not knowing math or where you got no math, not knowing politics or where you got no politics. It's putting aside your own political preferences and not making calls according to the talking points of the candidates. Going into 2020, I called four Republicans and five Democrats. That's as even-handed as you can get. And you can imagine in 2016, predicting a Trump win did not make me very popular in 90% plus Democratic Washington, D.C., where I teach. Right. In the, in the same time, you said your prediction will come to true if there is a free and fair election, if there is no Russian interventions, does it mean there's looming danger for the forthcoming elections in the US? Yes, there, you know, I've been doing this for 40 years. I have to say, you know, I still get butterflies in my stomach every time I do it. You know, I'm putting myself out on the line. I know if I'm wrong, you know, the firestorm of criticism, I'm going to get. I'm already getting a lot of criticism from the conventional pundits and pollsters. Because essentially, I put them out of business. You know, I say what the polls show day to day, what the pundits show day to day, don't matter. It's the big picture as gauged by the keys that count. Of course, the media can't say, Lickman predicts Biden, see you in three months. They still have to cover it as though the day to day really matters and really means something. But there are two things outside the realm of the keys or any prediction system that keep me up at night. One is voter suppression. Is this going to be another stolen election like we saw in Florida in 2000? And Donald Trump has been doing his level best to try to suppress the vote. The truth is, the Republicans depend on old white guys like me. Well, you can't manufacture more old white guys. You can't make us live to be 150, but you can try to suppress the vote 
of the rising democratic base of minorities and young people, and Trump is doing his best. I don't know if it's going to succeed, but it worries me. Other thing that worries me is Russian intervention. The Russians are back. They've learned a lot in four years. They may even try to get into our registration rolls this time. But one thing we know for certain is that Donald Trump will once again welcome and exploit any Russian intervention on his behalf. The just released bipartisan report of a Republican-controlled Senate Intelligence Committee absolutely document extensive collusion between the Trump team and the Russians in 2016, including the top campaign official, campaign chair Paul Manafort, feeding inside campaign information to a Russian intelligence operative. This bipartisan committee called him a grave counterintelligence threat. So if they did that in 2016, they're going to do it again in 2020. Professor, does it mean the U.S. democracy is in danger? Oh, I think our democratic system is very much in danger from Donald Trump. Look, conservatives throughout our history have been the strongest defenders of American sovereignty, you know, our independence from foreign control. Donald Trump even withdrew us from the International Arms Control Treaty, signed by well over 100 nations to keep arms out of the hands of terrorists and drug cartels. And what was his rationale? To preserve American sovereignty. And yet he welcomes a vastly greater threat to American sovereignty, Russian intervention in American democracy. That is incredibly worrying. Donald Trump has also said, under Article 2, I can do anything I want as president, trampling on the very vision of America's framers, which was to create a government of checks and balances where no one branch of government had absolute power. He doesn't, although he's tried, have absolute power to rewrite our immigration and our environmental laws. He doesn't have absolute power to completely stonewall congressional oversight and say he has absolute immunity from any kind of oversight. He doesn't have absolute power to politicize the Department of Justice, to help his cronies like Michael Flynn and Roger Stone and punish his enemies. So I do think our democracy is in jeopardy. And I do think our democracy is on the ballot. Uh, do you think the Republican Party have understanding about that? Because the majority of the party is still supporting for the President Trump. I'm very surprised at what's happened with the Republican Party. And so are a lot of Republicans. We saw quite a few former Republican top national security officials come out openly and say Donald Trump is a threat to national security and we should elect Joe Biden. I think it was just yesterday, 20 former Republican members of the House and Senate came out and endorsed Joe Biden. We haven't seen anything like this history of the country. Uh, the Republican Party used to have principles. You may not agree with them, but they were a principled party. Donald Trump has trashed all of those principles. Personal morality, personal responsibility, become a joke under Donald Trump. Limited government, states' rights, uh, fiscal responsibility, free trade, gone under Donald Trump. Respect for traditional institutions, a hallmark of conservatism, gone under Donald Trump. So the problem for the Republican Party is it's become just a cult of Trump. It's no longer a party that actually stands for any principles. 
And that's going to be a huge problem for the party. If Trump loses, what do they have left to fall back on? Do you think the Democratic Party candidate can uh, win over, uh, can overcome the challenges prevailing at the moment in the society? Do you think he has the he has the strategic plan to do such uh, the law uh, to apply for the, the the country? I think it's been very difficult for the Democratic Party to win over Republicans because the Republican Party is now so thoroughly a cult of personality behind Donald Trump. And Donald Trump has such strong support from the Republican rank and file and Republican office holders who are afraid, you know, if, if they go against Donald Trump, their political uh, careers could be cut short like that of Senator Jeff Flake, who just was one of those former Republican office holders who came out against Donald Trump. But the Republican Party is a shrinking part of uh, the American electorate. It only holds the allegiance of about 25 to 30 percent of, of the American people. So Democrats don't need Republican votes to win. Republicans need a lot of votes from Democrats and independents. What about your predictions uh, over this, uh, the Democratic Party candidates? So, the, do you identify any, uh, the key out of 13 key within the, uh, from, uh, uh, from their candidate? Yeah, the keys, uh, have very little to do with the candidates. And this time around, uh, neither candidate fulfills the standard of the keys, which is they ask, is the incumbent party candidate one of those once in a generation charismatic, inspirational candidates like Ronald Reagan in the 1980s or Barack Obama in 2008? And then because the keys are always phrased in a way that an answer of false uh, goes against the party in power. The keys also ask, is the challenging party candidate not charismatic? And neither candidate fits the bill. Donald Trump has a lot of flash, but uh, he appeals to a very, very narrow slice of the electorate. The strong approval ratings are only 25 to 30%. 60% or more of the American people don't trust him or don't like him. And Joe Biden is a decent guy, but he's no John F. Kennedy or Barack Obama. Professor Alan Lichman, thank you so much for joining us. It's an honor to have you on my show. Thank you so much and hope to talk to you again once this uh, presidential elections result. My pleasure. You know where to find me. Take care.